Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. We are live tonight and we have a very special guest. We don't want to make our boss wait. We have Joe DeLeon and you can follow him on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. He's a producer for the Believe Network and he is the big boss man at the Believe Network. You can follow him at YouTube at Hack City doing all kinds of draft and anal- analysis. And we've brought him on to uh, hear about the Senior Bowl, hear about what he thinks the value of the draft is. So without further ado, Joe DeLeon, how are you doing? How was your trip to the Senior Bowl? How's your joy mobile? Uh, Senior Bowl is good. It's just like kind of one of those things where it's impossible to get there easily because you've got to connect. And like I had to to fly into Sarasota and then I think it was Sarasota and I had to drive an hour to get to Mobile. And like I had two flights get canceled because of a storm in Dallas. And then I had to fly to Miami. It's just... It's such a, a nightmare of a trip to try and get there. And then the whole week, it's just nonstop watching film. You're watching the practices. You're hopping on doing, doing guest spots and whatnot. But um, it, for me, like, this is like one of my first like real, real cycles, like actually covering everything. So it was like a really good um, step, like starting point for me, like just to jump right in, go full speed, and then set the tone for the, the next couple of months. The draft starts in Mobile, baby. Welcome to Hell Alabama. Yeah. I hope you had a good time. <laughs> Yeah, no, I got some barbecue. That's the that's the key part. Is I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to get um, separate from obviously getting there to watch all the film. I wanted to get as much opportunity to get some real food because everything out here in in Los Angeles is nowhere near as good as the barbecue that they have in, in Alabama. Awesome stuff, man. Uh, so Joe, you you were at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you had a good time. Uh, you know, we're all Bears fans on this show, clearly, uh, being the Believe in Monsters podcast. So tonight you are too. Did you <laughs> did you did you hear any Bears rumors where you were down there? Did you get to sneak off to the local dive bar and, and hang out with any uh you know coaches or, or anyone down there and hear anything Bears related? Uh did not catch any specific uh Bears information when I was down there. I did make it to Veets, which is the dive bar that you're referring yes. to that, that, that everyone frequents during. I did make it one night, uh, and <laughs> I was so gassed by the end of the week that, like, all I was drinking was coffee when I was there at Veets. But, uh, you know, the, the weird thing, and I was talking about this with, with, uh, with somebody when I, was, when I was hanging there for a little bit, and it was really odd that typically in the past you go to Veets and it's packed with, with NFL personnel and, you, and, like, for most of the night, and that's where you can kind of – you know, mingle and, and talk to various people. But it, it was a strange year this year because uh, with the East-West Shrine game going on at the same time, there were some squads that were split their yeah. attention in Las Vegas at the East-West Shrine game. So there automatically it seemingly were less scouts there in attendance. But on top of that, it just, uh, the, the Veets was just not as populated. I, it felt as though that a lot of NFL personnel were, were off either doing other things or just maybe didn't make the trip. But for a typical year, it did not have the same population of, of NFL personnel at these, uh, these local establishments. Interesting. Interesting. I think it's East West shrine game always seems to be like the JV, like uh, all-star event to me. I mean, it never, it never seems to have the same flavor as, right. uh, you know, the senior bowl and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a great event. I think they've they've really stepped it up, and it's really become a just absolute phenomenal event. Did anybody stand out to you specifically at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, there there were a lot of guys, and uh, just to, like the couple guys that I think had the best weeks. There's there's three in particular that I consistently keep bringing up uh, every time I've done these spots, and the three are Keanu Benton, defensive lineman from Wisconsin. Tajay Spears, the running back from Tulane, and then Ade Odebuare, the defensive lineman from Northwestern. Keanu Benton stepped up like immediately, like first day, was just blowing dudes up. And he's a really interesting player because he was primarily playing nose tackle at uh, at Wisconsin. And he's got the skill set to play elsewhere on the defensive line. So he shows up in Mobile, 
who's also banged up for part of the season, fully healthy, shows up in Mobile, and he's getting to play a little bit more three technique. And the power, the explosiveness, the hand speed, the ability to rush the passer, that stuff was really showcased, and he shined going up against a lot of these interior guys. So, like, Keanu Benton was a, a really big one for me. Uh, Adio Dabwari, who was his counterpart on the same squad, he was formerly a, an edge rusher at Northwestern playing at, like, 265, and he really bulked up for the Senior Bowl because he's so stumpy. He's a little bit—I think he's listed at, like, 6'1". He's not going to play on the outside because he doesn't really have the length to play on the outside. So that pass rush ability, that twitchiness— really translated to him playing in the interior and, and similar to Benton uh he was just unblockable the whole week and he was somebody who like I wrote down but didn't really talk about on the first day where I was just like this guy's kind of sneaky and a lot of the team drills he's he's blown up plays in the backfield he's he's defeating and, and and sneaking past blocks and he's just really hard to block and then by the end of the week everybody was talking about him I kind of kicked myself for for not bringing him up earlier on because of of noticing him so quickly the last one as I mentioned, Ty J Spears from Tulane, his week was good enough that he opened my eyes for just who he was as a player. And then when I was doing my wrapping my uh, my first round of running back evaluations, when I was trying to get to my first 10 guys, I watched him as my 10th guy. And I was like, wow, I got I got to put this guy as my as my uh, uh, fourth best running back. And when you get from a guy like Ty J Spears, a lot of comps have been thrown out there for him as as uh, as similar to Aaron Jones. I didn't come up with that comp, but we see with Aaron Jones where he's not like a super speedy guy, but he's got really good vision. He's got really good elusiveness. He's got really great patience. And he's somebody who just constantly is finding the extra lane to get the extra yardage. He's not somebody who is going to power through contact, but that vision is what is going to give him, uh, you know, an extra one or two yards on a lot of plays. And the one thing at Tulane is that he wasn't really asked to catch a lot of passes when he was uh, in college, but at the the senior bowl, he really shined in these one-on-one receiving situations. And there was one play and I tweeted it out during the senior bowl week where he, he completely almost ducked and snuck under the linebacker who was guarding him in the competition period that they, that they had on, on the third day. And that rep, everyone was, was just, verbally gasped after it happened and i think that really opened everybody's eyes to one the situational awareness the instincts the the vision all those things just really kind of came to to culmination in that one play after he had a really strong week yeah i saw i think brugler dane brugler had uh tajay spears in his top 15 Mm -hmm. uh backs uh as well so yeah looking forward to seeing what he can do in the league yeah, no, I think that he can be uh, a really, you know, really underrated player in the NFL because of where he's coming from, coming from Tulane. And like I look at teams like the the Miami Dolphins who need to figure out their their running back situation. They don't really have a guy going into next year. They were kind of uh, bouncing between some older guys like Raheem Mostert. And I think someone if you draft him late day two, he would be a really perfect plug and play guy that would fit really really well with that that delineation of the 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 kyle shanahan uh scheme oh well we love that that's kind of what we're uh all about here in chicago the new the new age or at least uh one year into the project and you actually got a chance to watch our offensive coordinator luke getsy run some practices uh last week on our episode we talked about some discrepancies about uh people so some people thought he ran pretty sloppy practices and some people considered him to be running very 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 efficient and very good practices what did you take away from watching luke getsy work with uh work with his team down there at the senior bowl yeah, I actually got, I got the complete opposite impression of him running sloppy practices. I find that that really odd that people were were saying that I actually I, I didn't even know that people were saying that. And that's kind of like really shocking to me. And I think maybe those who were saying that don't really know what a practice is supposed to look like. Sure, because sure. I, I thought it was really well regimented. I actually I even made note of it that I was like, wow, these these Bears practices are really well regimented. And it's got like a nice. really good cadence to it and the thing that i always love uh as a former player i only played at the uh, at, at the division one level at the fcs level i didn't play at, like a big program but the thing that i think always stands out to me is when you have like these competition periods brought up in the middle of practice and like you rally the team around uh, a specific one-on-one matchup and you kind of get like a call out situation 
that gets everybody hyped. Everybody's having fun. And just the, the tone that I got from the, those Bears practices is that, like, I thought all those guys were just having a blast. They loved being out there. That, to me, shows progression uh, for a team that your guys are having fun at practice. It's, it's, practice sucks, <laughs> leaving as yes. it is. Any player will tell you. I was a specialist, so I can't necessarily say that, like, uh, it, it sucked as much for me, but like offensive linemen hated. Everybody hates hates practice. So if you make it entertaining and you make it upbeat and there's a lot of energy, guys are gonna love showing up on a, on a on a day to day basis. So like I I, th- I was impressed. I really really was impressed by the the Bears uh, organization running those practices. Well, secondarily, and you already hit on some prospects uh, that, that stood out to you right off the bat, but we're all one of the main things that we're doing here in this offseason is looking to add weapons on the offensive side. Did you see anybody mm-hmm. on the, on the, uh, the pass-catching realm that might be a good addition for our Bears? Yeah, the, admittedly, the receiver group at the Senior Bowl was, was pretty, pretty underwhelming. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was pretty underwhelming because, in general, first of all, this receiver group is a major step back from the past couple classes that we have. And we've had multiple historic groups. And then, you know, last year's was decent. It was a strong grouping. And obviously uh, Garrett Wilson had a fantastic year. And I think some people coming into the, the draft cycle were knocking it despite having a couple standout players. This year is going to be a pretty significant drop off. And because of that lack of depth, we saw for the senior bowl, it being all the older, older guys, that lack of depth really showed up. And if we're talking about some more speedier guys, I think the, the best one who showed up and had a strong performance was Tank Dell from Houston. But uh, I wasn't completely blown away. I thought he had a fine week. I think he's a good, nice day three player. Um, but overall, there's just really not a lot of explosive, speedy options out there. One receiver, though, that's not so much a, um, a, a deep threat or an outside threat Michael Wilson from Stanford, I thought it just a really steady week. And he just is such a really consistent, um, easy route runner. And he's a bigger receiver coming from Stanford. I just, those one-on-one reps, he consistently won. And he cut and redirected really easily. He didn't create a ton of separation, but where he won is once he cut. And as guys were taking the time to react and get back on top of him, his frame and his size was just really, really great that he was able to make a lot of catches, a lot of easy catches. And he was a go-to target, I think, in a lot of uh, these one-on-one drills for these quarterbacks or just in these team drills in general for these quarterbacks. But Michael Wilson, for me, I think is going to be like a really good third or fourth wide receiver, really good um, special teams guy, kind of like a Cody Latimer. That's kind of like the, 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 the guy who popped in my head who had like a decent run in the NFL uh, for a few years, and he maybe has a little bit more longevity than that, but uh, those were probably the two receivers I thought had, had probably had the best week. Joe, I got a, I got a couple of questions that that you know sparked my interest with your yeah. with, with your breakdown there. So, uh, one, I've heard the the wide receivers didn't really get to pop off either because of the just lack of good quarterback play at the senior bowl Mm -hmm. uh so kind of wanted to get your take on you know kind of that aspect not necessarily how the quarterbacks did but do you think that affected the wide receivers to a large aspect or just do you think it's kind of minimal i i actually i i would say that i think those things worked in tandem with one another where not an exciting group of receivers and then you also throw in a very weak quarterback group so it's just I, for the most part, when you have the receiver DB one-on-ones and the O-line, D-line one-on-ones going on, I kept finding myself paying attention more to the offensive-defensive line one-on-ones just because there were a lot, there was way more talent, way more talent. But to your point on the quarterbacks, absolutely. It was not a good quarterback group there. Like Max Duggan, who I really liked just as a college player, and I loved Mm. watching this season. Yeah. Doesn't have much of a ceiling as an NFL quarterback. Maybe it's as a backup. Uh, Clay Toon from Houston had an okay, fine week. Jake Hayner from Fresno State was probably the best of the group, but he's still likely a day three prospect and a long-term backup who can carve out a nice role as a long-term backup, but is probably not going to, to become anything more than that. And the one who was the most underwhelming was, was Jaron Hall from BYU, who a lot of people, for whatever reason, were hyping him uh, hyping him up to be uh, this late first round pick, this sleeper pick who's just a great athlete. And 
I think a lot of his problems showed up during the week during the senior bowl. And I've strangely saw those same people who were hyping him up as a sleeper, making a lot of excuses for him. But the, the reality of it is like, yes, he's showing up throwing to receivers. He's never interacted with. He's in a situation that he's never been before, but other guys weren't struggling as badly as he was. He had a lot of off target throws. He was, uh airmailing a lot of throws he also made a lot of questionable decisions held the ball way too long i think jaron hall probably had the worst week out of any of the quarterbacks and that probably doesn't mean anything for the bears because they're not going to be drafting a quarterback no. at least i don't think well, they're drafting quarterback they might you know it's not a terrible idea to take you know a quarterback late because we've seen what happens yeah to late like the 49ers or whatever you know obviously uh Oh man, now I'm totally blanking on his name. Anyway, Brock Purdy. Uh, Brock Purdy yeah, I was just gonna just gonna spit Iowa State for no reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brock Purdy uh, being Mister Irrelevant and actually being very relevant. Uh, next question is kind of like on the wide receivers. You know, Lucas and I have discussed this quite a bit uh, in in reference to like Justin Fields and the type of receiver that's going to benefit him the most. Uh, Fields is very. At, up until this point has been a see it throw it guy rather than an anticipation thrower mm-hmm. which in my opinion he definitely needs to uh get better at he's gonna right. have to improve slightly i think he needs leaps and bounds kind of thing because uh, those are the most successful guys in the league i guess who with the senior bowl or, or what receivers in this class kind of fit both molds and and what do you see fields you know, kind of needing, do you see, do you think he needs a separation wide receiver or is he, you know, going to be okay with a guy that, you know, bodies people as opposed to, you know, having being wide open. I I think if you asked me that question before the trade deadline, I would have said everything, but now that they've got chase Claypool, who's like, he's a talented receiver and I know he's fast and he's a good athlete, but first and foremost, Claypool is, still more of a possession guy because of his frame or not less a possession guy is not the right word I'm, I want to use here, but he's, he's an ex receiver. He's a big bodied receiver who mm. he's going to, you want him to win in those closer contested situations. So like, I don't see a, a deep threat. I know, I know that you guys have Vilas Jones and he, he was fine last year. They really should add some speed. And you look at what led to Justin Fields' success is having a lot of guys that were, fast and explosive like chris olave and garrett garrett wilson good route runners smaller guys that were just really really fast and like i can see somewhere in the second round them going and getting uh you know depending on how far jordan addison falls maybe if they want to trade back into the end of the first round like a guy like jordan addison is somebody to pay attention to who's maybe not as speedy but a smaller really good shifty route runner who's going to have carve out a really nice role for himself I think a guy like Zay Flowers or Josh Downs, Zay Flowers from Boston College or Josh Downs from North Carolina, those are two more compact, really explosive deep threats that are going to be fantastic players uh, in this offense for for Justin Fields. But I think the big thing for me, you got to add some speed to that unit and you got to add some deadly speed, some guys that were playmakers, some guys that were productive in college. Don't just go with a guy who's fast like Vilas Jones. Go with somebody who's gonna who has shown a proven track record to be productive that is gonna step right in and 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 be a, a added bonus to the group. And I'd also throw in there Jackson Smith and Jig, but if he's somebody who slides, which I think is very possible. I think that him not playing this year hurts him more than it helps him. I had a lot of question marks for him this coming season, and he chose not to play for you know, his injury and he wanted to recover and focus on the NFL. He didn't answer any of those questions for me. So I still see him as an early second round pick because he didn't have that chance to, to answer them. And that sets the bears up really well to repair fields with a guy that was in the same locker room as him. Yeah. It's actually funny you say that, but we were just talking about that before this, uh, we started recording here. We were talking about how he was on, uh, part of my, uh, part of my take on, uh, mm-hmm. Barstool's network. And he was talking yeah. to big cat and, uh, that was the one guy he mentioned, you know, wouldn't mind in Chicago. Uh, you mentioned Zay Flowers. I think that would be, I don't know if he falls to the second round, but I would absolutely love him uh, in a Bears uniform or, or even Josh Downs. I think those are all great fits you mentioned. Um, let's talk about the, the big guys. I know the, uh, the offensive line group at the Senior Bowl is pretty strong, in my opinion. And there was a lot of guys who I think really helped their draft stock. Um, you know, a few guys I had my, my eyes on were, uh, you know, 
Cody Mock from North Dakota State, uh, Dewan Jones, and uh, John Michael Schmitz. Uh, but if you just want to give us a general overview of the line and some of the guys that stood out to you, that'd be awesome. Yeah, John Michael Schmitz, I think, was probably the biggest winner amongst the the offensive linemen who just looked so, so clean and consistent in uh, all of these one-on-one drills. And his technique was fantastic, and nobody was getting around him. And he's somebody who can carve out a role at center or maybe even has the potential to play guard. And he's just so experienced. His technique is fantastic. I have really high expectations for, for John Michael Schmitz, and I was a little low on him coming into the senior bowl and I bumped him up significantly to a day two pick. Uh, and I have him right behind Ricky Stromberg is as my second center in the class. Uh, Cody mock, I think has a lot of potential, a really athletic kid who's tra- transitioned from tight end to offensive tackle, probably going to play more as a guard in the NFL. I think he was a little overblown in terms of his performance during the season or not sorry, during the season, during the senior bowl. Uh, but you did get a lot of highs, but plenty of lows. He's got a lot of potential. He's a really great player, uh, and I, I'm excited to see what, what he can do. Separate from that, more interior guys that might fit with the Bears, Osiris Torrance was a really big, strong guy who's just locked down the whole week. And then I'd also add in there Steve Avila from TCU, who's just got a great power profile, um, late day two, early day three pick, who transitioned from center to guard, could play either position, and just looks so freaking good at the senior bowl. And he's somebody that I'm certainly a big fan of. Joe's on mute, just talking to himself. (laughs) How about that? Sorry. I'm 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 going to piggyback off the the offensive line uh, subject and be a little selfish, asking your input on what you thought about Emil Echior and Tyler Steen. Oh, sorry, I missed that last part there. What was the uh, Emil Akiori and, and who was the last one? And Tyler Steen. Uh, I admittedly didn't pay a ton of attention to Tyler Steen, but Emil Akior, I was a little bit underwhelmed with with his, his performance. Um, I, I've Coming into the season, was not super high on him. I think he's a fine player. Like, he's, an, he's a good offensive lineman. He's coming from Alabama, and he's he's got a, a good background. He's well-coached, but... Uh, I don't really see him being more than an early day three pick. Uh, I think that he's got a lot of deficiencies that need to be worked on, but I'm not particularly high on either of those guys. Terrible, Joe. (laughs) Not, not you, Joe. <laughs> Joe Joey G over here dropping hey, Alabama uh, questions. Uh, I mean, like you or might be a you know late guy. Nice depth player. It's possible. A nice backup depth player is, is kind of what I see the, the most for him. I'm with you there. I'm with you. Uh, well, Mr. Joe DeLeon, we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit uh, mm-hmm. to more of a larger draft focus. Uh, I'm curious what you have as the you know, kind of positional strengths of the draft class, maybe your top three positions. And uh, yeah, what do you think about that? the drafting as a whole yeah it's it's absolutely the strengths are on the defensive side of the football and i see strengths at defensive line starting off with jalen carter and we've got a lot of really good guys like brian brzee and um steve avila is even a really interesting name to to pay attention to from from baylor and then at, at edge there's just so many talented names kicking it off with with bill anderson from from alabama who I think it's like a 1A, 1B between him and Jalen Carter as the top two players in the class. Uh, But just defensively at edge, defensive tackle, there's just so many different options that you can go with. Uh, Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy, uh, Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Like there's just a lot of really, really talented guys that like I haven't even gotten to all of them yet because there's just so many edge and defensive tackle prospects that uh, have a lot of potential in this class. And then the, the 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 third one being corner, I think is a lot of really, really promising players, a lot of traitsy players who uh, can step in and potentially start right away. Guys like Joey Porter Jr., Clark Phillips, uh, Keely Ringo, uh, Christian Gonzalez, just a lot of really nice options in that corner group as well. So just going off Chris's question with the draft, I mean, the Bears are obviously sitting there with pick one. Um, there's a, a lot of speculation. We all here think they would 
trade the number one pick. Um, so I'm going to ask you, do you think, you know, that pick is worth a gold mine? Like we're hearing conflicting reports. Obviously the national media is seesawing. Oh, you know, there's no consensus for his quarterback, but then it's like, Oh, if the team really likes one quarterback over another, they're going to trade up and, and go for that. I mean, what do you think is the value of that number one pick? Yeah, I don't think that there. I agree with that. There's no consensus at quarterback because you just you hear so many different things. One person says Will Levis, one says Bryce Young, another says C.J. Stroud. But that lack of a consensus, I, I think, doesn't matter for the Bears because right now they're playing chess with everybody. They absolutely need to bait every single team interested in a quarterback in the top ten. That being the Panthers, the Colts, the Texans the commanders, the Raiders, the list can go on and on with the amount of teams. The saints are going to need to look at a quarterback. There are a lot of options for teams that need to explore uh, trading up to go and get their guy. And so you need to just feel out these teams and say, and trick them into saying like, Hey, you know, I heard the Texans who are sitting at two really like Will Levis to, to maybe the Colts and then baiting them in a move up. I really do believe that somebody is going to trade up and, I think you have to if you're the Chicago Bears. They don't need a quarterback. And I know that the quarterbacks in this grouping aren't otherworldly. You know, we don't have a Trevor Lawrence in this group, but that shouldn't stop a team from moving up and getting their guy. Now, depending on who moves up, is going to impact how much trade value that they're going to be able to get. You would hope if you're those teams making that move that you don't have to give up a King's ransom to do so. Uh, but at the very least, I think you could trick the, the Houston Texans or the Colts into moving up into that spot, potentially getting next year's first round, or at least yanking and, and pulling off a, a, a hall of second round picks. Like I forget, I want to say it was the Colts who at, at one point let the, uh, the, the Jets trade up for Darnold, I think was what the move was. And they collected all those second round picks and they just turned into a plethora of just really good starters on their team and we're kind of seeing the results now with with a lot of those picks uh and like you could even look at them doing the same thing with trading away jamal adams like just getting all those like midday two or not midday two picks those like those early second round picks and just compiling them to a team that's probably not going to be winning right away anyways there's a lot of value to that and then i guess just going off that i mean do you think there is a player where the bears might think, all right, maybe we can't trade back this far because we have to have this guy. I mean, do you, realistically, speaking of, you know, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, mm-hmm. maybe for Tyree Wilson in there because I think the whole fit and Matty Berflus might like what he does, but do you think any of those three guys are like, we can't trade back past five, we need to have one of these guys on our team? Or do you think none of them are really as can't miss as as that? I believe that two of those guys are can't miss Jalen Carter and Will Anderson are supremely talented, uh, just so freakishly athletic, so freakishly dominant on a week to week basis. And they both have really high motors in their plug and play immediate defensive rookie of the year candidates. Like they are far and away the best players in this class. But I, I will say this, there's enough quarterbacks to move back to four and they're still going to have that opportunity to get one of them. And I think that it is a 1A, 1B situation that if you miss Will Anderson, you still get Jalen Carter. If you miss Jalen Carter, you still get Will Anderson. So if you trade back to four, you look at those teams picking in the top three, I think that the Arizona Cardinals might consider trading back as well. So if in, in an ideal situation, you do move back, you you get a run of three straight quarterbacks. And I think there's going to be a heavy effort by a lot of these teams who missed out uh, or maybe were banking on this year and chose not to go with anybody last year. I think I, I do really believe that a lot of teams last year were thinking, wow, this class sucks. This class is terrible. And we're going to just wait till next year. Maybe they're a little underwhelmed with the talent. They're still thinking, all right, we can't go another year. This coaching staff can endure another year of bad quarterback play. We need to buy ourselves some times by some time by getting a, a young guy in place. And I think that, um, you know, moving back a few spots, there's there's a, if, if they move back to four, they're still going to be in a position to, to still get their guy. I feel like that's said about quarter about the quarterback class every year. Oh, next class is better. Next class is better. You know, next yeah. year's Caleb Williams and Drake may, and, and we better wait, you know, like, it, but to your point, Joe, you can't wait. You can't sit there and be like, oh, you know, Josh McDaniels doesn't have, no. you know, uh, three years to F around with this thing. 
and, and wait until Drake May next year or something. So uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, if you're in a, I mean, the Texans just hired D'Amico Ryan's. Maybe they're fine with not taking a quarterback, but I highly doubt it. They're going to first. Yeah. yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't use one of those picks to take a quarterback. It just kind of. And the Colts at the same spot here. We've got all these new mm-hmm. head coaches that are offensive minded as well with, with, with Shane uh, Station, who's the, the new Colts head, head coach. Like he's going to be wanting to get a quarterback and get his guy. There's nobody else that they can turn to. So like, absolutely. There's a lot of guys that just need to start over. And, and like, to your point about the draft classes being, uh, you know, everyone's saying every single year is the next was better. Yesterday's last year's was so bad, was so terrible that it kind of set up these teams to be in a little bit more of a hurry mode. Right. Right. And I, th- I mean, I think Bryce young for all the downside, um, of being small is is still extremely talented and very yep. smart. Uh Mr. Gaither, take us home. Oh, I, yeah, the, he, Joe, we just really appreciate you uh, being with us on the show tonight. Make sure that everybody goes and gives him a follow at Joe DeLeon on the Twitter machine. And if you're looking for him on, on YouTube, he's at Hack City, and he's our boss. So we really want to take some time <laughs> and say thank you so much for giving us a platform and having us on the Believe Network. And you're awesome tonight, breaking down the Senior Bowl in the draft. We look forward to uh, following your coverage on Twitter and on YouTube and uh, hopefully uh, being a, a nice addition to, to your network. Of course, yeah, and we're, we're gra- glad that you guys are a part of Believe, and uh, thanks for having me on. And I'm, I'm sure I'll hop on one more time or maybe after the draft to, to talk yes, more please. before things go down. But I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. It's always fun uh, chopping it up. Yeah, thanks for stopping by, Joe. We appreciate it. Of course. Have a good one, guys. All right. Thank you, Joe DeLeon, De for coming on the podcast. Joe DeLeon, at Joe DeLeon. That cracks me up when you say that. I wonder how his long snapping skills were at Rhode Island. You know, it's funny. Don't, you guys are going to make fun of me, and that's fine. But, like, he was sitting there, like, talking with his hands, gesticulating everything. And I just noticed, like, he, it looked like he might win the QB hand measuring competition at at, at a combine. Looked like, you know, big, big mitts that could, uh, that could spin the ball back to the, uh, back to the punter so i'm sure he was a uh, an excellent fcs fbs whatever it was called uh long snapper so yeah joe de leon long snapper extraordinaire we need to find producer. out if they ever got if they we need to find out if their unit ever got blocked and then we can make fun of them for it what that's not yeah, necessarily get... his fault if it gets blocked, dude. Yeah, it is. Slow snap didn't block somebody off the line. Probably a Don't, bad it, snap isn't, anyways. Isn't the rule that you can't have someone over the long snapper? Yeah, but he the long snapper's got to slide to the left or right or, and, and help his guard. He's not doing the cha-cha slide. He's doing the electric slide. He, he slide back. He, he scoot back. And he set. And you help either your left or your right guard. And then you release. Okay. I'll let I'll let Joe do the uh, the breakdown of us uh, of his long snapping next time he's on. We, we should do that. We we should get step by step breakdown, and we should actually have him breaking down the long snapper prospect in this year's class. Most underrated position on the field. Without him, you don't get any punts off. You don't get any field goals. You, they're so necessary. All right. What else we got on Bears news tonight? Because that was a great conversation that we had with Joe DeLeon. Thank you, Lucas, for setting us up with Mr. Well, Joe DeLeon. We got to talk about the Super Bowl first, man. Why? Can't just avoid that because both of you took the Eagles and I took the Chiefs. Oh, uh, I'm sure. All right, you feel free. Gloat for a three-point win. Great job. It's not like a. It's not like Lucas took the Chiefs. He just took anybody playing the Eagles. If it was the Bills, I took the, the Chiefs. Bills. You did not take the Chiefs. You <laughs> took great. the Chiefs, baby. You took the Bravo. not Eagles, baby. Hey, you know right. what? No, Luke is the smartest man on the podcast tonight. Yeah, he gets sure. a big old round of applause. <laughs> I actually, I, I I actually took on my bet slip. I took Mahomes for MVP because I knew if he was MVP, the Chiefs would win. But the payout was better, so I did it the smart way. You, you know go. what's interesting is like 
I was looking at that like somebody gave away a free bet, like a live free bet or whatever. And I was looking at uh I was looking at the Eagles like when the, they were I don't know what what the score was, but um and it was the other way around. Like the Eagles to win was better than Hurts to win the MVP, which I thought was weird. Interesting. Maybe they thought yeah. he could win the MVP even if they lost. Yeah, somebody said that. Um, I think I mean, it was he, on. I can't remember what I was. Off. I don't remember what I was watching, but yeah, he. I mean, he had a hell of a first half, uh, and then that defense just kind of fell apart in the second half. Uh, Pat Mahomes is just out, out, outrageous. Um, so, can we get yeah. one of those? We have one. A chance. We have we one. Do. We do have one of those. We have a, a running back who can who can throw the ball pretty far. All right, Colin. It's Colin. like Walter. It's like Walter Payton. He's like Walter Payton, you know. Colin Calturd trashing our guy. Yeah, yeah. He whatever. He even after him. praising him all season, and now he, he just, just wanted to throw stats after st- he just threw passing stats. He didn't Clicks. say anything about his running. He career. threw PFF stats out there too. Well, Clicks like it was just yeah. It wasn't like he led the league in yards per rush or like had well, the you know, most rushing uh, yards for a quarterback in forever. I actually just started laughing when he compared him to like Luck and uh Luck and Herbert and Joe Burrow. And then I looked up the receivers those guys had. Luck had Reggie Wayne and T. Y. Hilton. Burrow had Higgins and Chase, and Herbert had uh Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Like, oh my god, those poor souls. They they had no one to throw to. <laughs> Imagine just sticking Dante Pettis on any one of those offenses and making him like the top two targets. Wide receiver two, yeah. And like he said, he said how how uh, Burrow's offensive line was worse than than Fields. It was worse than Fields, but you used the wrong year. He used the year that Burrow got hurt or whatever for statistics. It felt like. I mean, I could be wrong, but like. Yeah, they sucked the year before they got Chase, and then the offensive line was was steady enough, right? The year they went to the Super Bowl, but whatever, man. Like, yeah, he had weapons galore. That's a it's a it's an outrageous comparison. It's like, oh yeah, they're not that bad. He's like, oh, he doesn't have weapons. He's like, oh, they have Cole Komet. It's funny when people use the Bears quote unquote weapons in an argument, and now it's like, oh, you trashed them all year, but now you're saying they're good. Well, and like he said, he's got oh, he's got a couple of excellent running backs. That's those aren't weapons. The Bears don't throw the ball out of the backfield. That's not a weapon for Fields. That's just a run game. And the run game was like the top three in the NFL. Whatever, whatever. Crazy takes, man. You got me all Crazy worked takes. up already, Lucas. I don't know what you're trying to do. Well, that had me because it was stupid. And, and then the only guy saying that the Bears. That he heard that the Bears might trade the pick now is Lockhand Four coming out of the woodwork. Uh, but that might be good news for us since he's never gotten anything right. What an idiot! Yeah, all we need is Ben Albright to confirm it, and then uh, then it's a lock that they're trading. It's, it's the kiss of death. Uh, and uh, Chad to me, that sounds like to, to, to me that sounds like Ryan Poles and his cronies have done a good job spreading the rumor that you know I, that we're drafting. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't even know if there is a rumor. I think I literally just think Con Four just makes shit up. He, I think Poles is doing a good job of smoking mirrors. I'm, I'm very curious because a lot of the, a lot of the rumor mill really kicks off at the Senior Bowl or at the, the, senior, combine. At the combine, the combine, the combine. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry, god damn it. Um, well, no, so, it does yeah. kick off at the Senior Bowl, but it's going to get no, interesting like the, this week. The, yeah, it's going to get really interesting this week. And then free agency is only what three three. What's your countdown days, Lucas? It's like three and a half weeks away now, or you got to make me fun. Four total know. weeks. Yeah, yeah I think it was something thir- like that. I think it was thirty-five days last week, so it should be twenty-eight days or twenty, maybe twenty-six, because we skipped a couple days on the pod. Uh, the franchise tag window opens on the twenty-first, mm-hmm. and the combine starts the twenty-eighth, and then free agency starts March thirteenth. What's the March is March 9th the last day to tag somebody? Um the 7th. 7th. 
so that's the next day that's tuesday so we have the holiday we have president's day and then the franchise tag window opens so we'll be looking for guys like uh deron Payne will be the big one is washington going to even give him a chance to hit free agency are they going to tag him the running backs we talked about with dennis you know jacobs and barkley that'll be interesting and and a few guys have already gotten cut so that's interesting i mean Derek carr and then um sterling shepherd's an interesting one I, do you guys want him absolutely nowhere near the Bears? Do you think no. he's worth the risk? No, no, no. Gross. I mean, he, it, his, his leg's going to fall off. Strain hamstring waiting to it, happen. Pull it is cra- waiting it to is happen. crazy how much he's hurt. Yeah. Bum foot waiting to happen. No way. Um, the Jaguar situation is interesting to me. I'm curious um, if, uh, if they tag, you know, uh, Ingram or uh, the, the right tackle. Taylor. Uh, What's his Taylor. name? Jawan Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, and that'll be the interesting. player that's not getting tagged is coming to the Bears. I <laughs> think so. That's the, that's the Twitter that, attitude. That's, at least. that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, straight out of Arlington Heights. Hey, man. That's great news to me that they got uh, that they got that finalized. And hilarious, Miss Lori Lightfoot put out a put out a freaking memo misspelling Soldier Field. <laughs> That's horrible, man, man, yes. man. Maybe she was trying to like take a shot, but she just, or maybe she just doesn't know how to spell. I mean, I don't know. boy, you don't have anybody proofreading your 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 memos. She's just angrily typing it. <laughs> Beetlejuice. She knows there's Beetlejuice. nothing. She, she knows there's we nothing. We hope she the can bears do. can stay in Soldier Field. The I mean, uh, whatever I mean, they build better be better surface than what we saw in Arizona. Yeah, that was weird. That was yeah. really weird. I think so. You shouldn't it's the paint same, the grass green. Yeah, it's the same field that's in the eagles home stadium so it's the same grass that the bears have the eagles have it's in like 15 states. i thought they said it was like some scientifically grown they it was yeah, growing this for same, like three years because yeah, it's the same, same shit that we have though it's like it was, that it's pod oh. 31 or whatever yeah it's grown they grew it for three years because arizona has been in a drought and so they went with like a special grass that didn't need as much water it's sure is slippery though well, they're saying they said like because they painted the that, field green that created it. Um, they'll they'll grow it, they'll come install it, and they'll help you like a little bit. But then it's up to the grounds crew team, and they were saying like maybe they overwatered it, and like that's why it was so slippery. But yeah, Joe makes a good point. Apparently, they did paint it, and that's just stupid. Like they painted the actual grass. Yes, they painted it green, so so it would pop more on TV. Not just, not just, not just the logos. Not just like the center field logo and a little like thirty-five yard logo. No, they painted the fucking field green first to make the to give it a nice base. That's awesome. They use an oil-based paint. I mean, they, they had something. <laughs> good, good thing nobody lit a match down there. Gee, I mean, yeah. come on, you're playing the the biggest game of the year and everybody's slipping and sliding all well, over the place. Dude, the- that field was like a lot of people are bitching about that all year. I'm pretty sure didn't the Chiefs play there and Mahomes said something about it. No, no, no. This def- field. This is the first time they. This is the first time it was played on. Yeah, but there's there was like a lot of major injuries this year in that stadium. Uh, whatever other grass oh, they had, well, yeah, it was yeah, not yeah. maintained well, well either. Oh, so you're saying the Arizona crew may, might have maintained it? Poorly. Maybe because yeah. I, I know players were complaining about that like all year. Huh. But back to the Bears. What are we going to do? I mean, we got that coming up. And the Combine, Chris, you were saying that is the ultimate. That is the place to fabricate a big fat lie. We're going to kidnap Deron Payne. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, players are going to be, you know, showcased around. I'm sure, you know, a lot of the big free agents will be walking around and hanging out. Uh, I'm curious to see. Like the, the the biggest thing that, that the Bears can do is have some of these quarterbacks in for interviews. You know, have Will Levis and Bryce Young and and uh, C.J. Stroud in for interviews and and talk to them and stuff like that. Make it actually look like they are 
thinking about it or at least doing their due diligence so that teams may or may not know what they're up to and then you know start spinning shit you know go to st elmo's and and get the uh the shrimp and cocktail sauce and and spin some rumors is that what people bond over cocktail sauce uh st elmo's is known for their steak and then their shrimp, shrimp cocktails cocktail. yeah their shrimp cocktails fucking fire it's 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 spicy it's mm. horseradish to the dome dude it'll clear your sinuses out they served it at the that national championship game in indianapolis when i was up there um uh, nice for, for georgia alabama nice did you uh did you get your sinuses cleared out joe yes i did yes i did yeah we uh so i went i've been to india a couple of times for work um and we went to the there's a like a, a remote bar that they serve it at uh kind of like outside the city and then we went to the actual original location the last time i was there and got shrimp cocktail and then got a steak and it was it was fit it was phenomenal that sounds like a solid meal yeah yeah meat how many how many steaks and shrimp cocktails do we think that ryan poles our former offensive lineman can <laughs> can put down while he's in rumors ryan poles is, steak. Sitting, is sitting at the head of the table <laughs> in st elmo's and you got the colts coming in you, you got, got drunk jim ursay in, you, you got, got jim ursay drinking a rum and coke and and, and Ryan Pohl says, the price of admission, you got to bring me another shrimp cocktail before we even have a conversation. How about Jim Ursay just flat out, like, tampering with himself, being like, oh, I've been, I've known the Bears for years. We go, we go way back, you know, like, like basically already saying there's a deal done. That Some comments said, of that. I, we, we really like the Alabama kid. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The other one. That's the other he one. He totally is just telling fucking Chris Ballard to fuck off this offseason. He's done with that quarterback carousel. I, I, I really do think the Colts probably are. I don't know. I feel like they're going to make some kind of off the wall pick. We'll see. You think they're going to make an off the wall? So, like, I, like that. That's what's what's funny is we're we're talking a lot of shit about Colin, Colin Cowherd and. But the very end of his show, well, so like the whole thing that sparked all the shit talk in the fields and whatnot is that the Bears didn't have a market for the number one pick. This is what is what Colin was saying. And that, you know, all these other teams know it. So Houston's gonna take a quarterback. Arizona's not gonna take a quarterback. Uh Bears don't need a quarterback. So then really the only two teams in the top four are the Colts and the Texans. And they don't really care which one they get, which everybody knows is bullshit because people actually do care who they get. Uh, and they were talking about, oh, don't fall in love with, you know, a quarterback because then you overpay, just like you shouldn't fall in love with a car because then you over or a house. That's what it was, the real estate um, comparison, because right. then you'll overpay and, and whatnot. But then they got down to the very end of the conversation. They're like, I don't know. You know, there's a guy like Will Levis. You know, when you look back at the draft, people fall in love and they move up for people. I mean, look like uh, they compared it to Zach Wilson. Uh, right. There was a couple other people that, you know, people just fall in love with them. So if people fall, if somebody falls in love with Will Levis and wants to make him the number one pick or wants to, him to be their guy, they'll move laugh. mountains for him. Well, laugh. they were saying, right. the I, Joe, what do you think of this? Because I... I, I'm not the best college football fan out there. They said Say his, Richardson. No, 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 no. They said that uh, Levis's offensive line last year was much better, and that's yeah. why he did much better last year than this year because uh, his offensive line was trash this year and that he actually yeah. might be very good. Uh, that's his, his offensive line was better in 2022. One rather than last year's season, twenty twenty two, and Kentucky did walk into the season with several key guys suspended. I'm just, and maybe I'm wrong. Will Levis go out there and prove Joe Gaither wrong? Make that your banner for your career. Joe Gaither said you suck, but I think that he's going to be just just another guy in the NFL. He, you know, 
he'll be overhyped. He'll be overdrafted. And, and for us, I, I'm very happy about that. But uh, I don't think he's going to be turning into some kind of a Pro Bowl type quarterback. I, I, you know, I heard that, uh, what's his name? Nick Cesario just loves him. Just wants to give the Bears all the picks. <laughs> Two, what? 12, 30. Really, Chris, that's, that's what it's going to come down to, I think, is the Bears pitting the, the Texans and the, the Colts against each other. For I've, the, only, for I've only been saying that there. for like four weeks. Yeah, I know, but it's like, it's I, I don't know what these people in national media, like Colin Coward, aren't understanding, like, they don't have anything else. They have, they have. They're like, okay, Colin, this is the 15 minutes of football that you have to do. Can't talk about the Super Bowl, so uh, right. go. You know, uh, I don't know let's what to go, talk about. Let's go poke the bear. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get the. You're gonna get a lot of reactions out of the Hornets fist. But yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting. And we had two major hires. Well, maybe three, possibly three major hires from the Super Bowl. Um, no, Matt Nagy did not get a new job somewhere, <laughs> but, uh, the Eagles, uh, much to the praise of uh, many of their fans lost their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon to the Cardinals, which I think is hilarious that they just hired him after he got completely dismantled in the Super Bowl. Um, he's playing and, Mahomes. Yeah, but his defense is like that all year. I I've, he plays the old, uh, he plays the old Fangio and, and Lovey defense where bend. they just bend but don't break. But if we break, we're not going to adjust. We're just going to stick back in this stupid coverage and not give up big plays. But see, that's what the Colt, I mean, that's what the Chiefs have done all year. They've just been methodical and picked defenses apart. They don't, they don't really hit gigantic home runs. But Steichen is interesting to the Colts. I mean, who is he going to want? And then. Who is Gannon going to want it as his guy at three in Arizona? I mean, that'll affect if potentially we trade back with the Colts. Do we get a Carter or Anderson? Which guy does he prefer there at three? I mean, what if he shocks the world and takes a quarterback? You know, Kyler, Kyler's been up and down. ACL, yeah. right? Kyler's on a tour on ACL. Why not kick the tire? See what you got. But no, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm probably going. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals are probably one of the ones we're gonna have to worry about taking Jalen Carter. I uh, think I I do think Carter is probably gonna be more of a favorite there than Anderson. So yeah, we we might we might get your boy if we trade back to four, Joe. Uh, I'll be I'll be happy with that, sure. But I think I'd rather have Jalen Carter. I mean, if they dude, if they sign. Uh, I mean, I don't care if they sign any of the Duran Payne or Hargraves or I even think... or even Jones from from Denver or from Arizona or wherever that kid's from. Uh, and and uh, I, yeah, cool. Um, I'm fine with I'm fine with anything, you know. Honestly, like I don't think we can really fuck this up too bad. Like I guess Ooh, you said it would. You said? Is he coming on too? No, I said you say. We can't oh. fuck this up too bad. They, they could if they they went with someone like I don't know Tyree Wilson or something over over Will Anderson. Or if they draft a quarterback with one dude. Oh man, could you imagine? That's like that's like what the Cowboys did when they had Steve Walsh already, and they took they took Aikman and ended up trading Walsh for I think a first or second, but. Uh man, what a disaster that would be. Yeah, don't do that, Ryan Poles. I would definitely be very, very mad if they did that. But if they somehow got a first for Fields and they brought in just say Bryce Young and then drafted, say they traded with Atlanta and got, I don't know, one of those tackles, like they drafted Skaronsky or Paris Johnson. Throwing Kyle Pitts. It would be a crazy experiment that I don't know if I would be uh that, that would just be a wild ride. I don't know. Yeah, no way. I don't I don't know if I could I couldn't prepare myself for that. <laughs> I don't think Getsy would let it happen either. I think he'd storm the storm the storm the castle. Um, I'd storm the castle. I'd take the ten hour drive up to Alice Hall. Yeah. No, they should definitely not do that. I mean, Chris, it, it, the example we talked about earlier, this is 
the one situation where you want to see what you have and then you you do wait for next year's quarterback class especially if you're the bears like you shouldn't be contemplating changing the quarterback but if you're going to do it just see what happens this year and if he's bad you'll be you'll be in a perfect position next year to draft someone right i think that's a little different than what we were talking about already. Right. I mean, obviously, because they Fields is young and improving and whatnot, where you know these other guys are like living on lunchable quarterbacks. But right, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I man, I, I don't think they'll mess it up. I mean, I, I, I would like to see them get just a king's ransom. I, I would love to believe Shefty and that you know they're gonna get the best deal ever for for one and honestly like i think we're far enough away to where i don't really know if i care if they lose out on anderson and carter if they get three firsts like if they can if they can drop to seven and get a team's next three firsts and then some sign me up yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in that same boat with you, but I think anything between Anderson and Carter and three firsts, including the one we get this year, I don't want to do. If, like if they were to to move back out of that range and lose out on Anderson or Carter, two firsts for me is not cutting it. No, no, I agree. No, I don't want to drop to five, you know, right. and, and watch these guys go in front or or six or seven. Like you drop to seven and you're not getting an absolute monster of a hall even if people trade up in front of you know in let's say one two three go quarterback somehow and then four is anderson and five is carter or vice versa whatever you you still missed out and you're and you're two picks away like you it'd be really interesting if they you know traded back to four and had their pick of either you know right like we've talked yeah, that would, about that would be insane. Take, They'll take they'll take the one that's left at four. We've talked about that scenario. What we haven't run really run through is if they drop back to four, and both are still there. You know that would be that'd be great. That's I'm the, interested in that. I the more I've the more I sit down and watch, I think Carter's the best player in this draft, and I think he's probably the best fit for the Bears. Just from what we know about Eberflus, and and the DN the DN group is deeper. You know, just just right. talking to Joe DeLeon, saying that defensive end is one of the deepest, you know, in the in recent draft classes and D line as well. So I think I think we have the p- potential to load up here, which doesn't really benefit us, right? Because the offensive free agency class kind of sucks. It's like everything is on one side of the ball this offseason, and this is the offseason we have it all to 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 spend. Uh, so I I don't, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they tee it up first with free agency. Like, I mean, maybe they'll, they very well could not spend as much. I mean, I have a hard time not seeing them spend that much on defense, but maybe they buy literally four or five offensive. Who knows? Like (laughs) by the time free agencies over all of them, they need to do a good enough job in free agency where that draft time, they don't have to sacrifice pigeonhole for certain positions exactly. for sure for sure that and that that was always ryan pace's thing right it's, golly every you, you knew we were going all in on a running back the david montgomery year we were trying out every kicker in the world <laughs> like oh we were going all in on wide receivers after cam Meredith's acl well like, i never i never really minded that you know i mean he he got guys like prince of mukamura that way he got um who is the D tackle for a couple? Yeah, of but he left like, like big holes on the roster, making him have to. Do right, that. I'm not saying that like he shouldn't have done some side projects, but I don't mind him like going all in on a position as long as it doesn't mean not doing anything at the other positions. Because it's not like he spent gobs of money on the on the shotgun theory. You know, it was a bunch of like, hey, this is like. I'm going to buy 47 lottery tickets, but then he forgot to actually like go buy the, the steak and lobster to go with the top of the <laughs> roster. Yeah. What do you, I mean, 
what do you guys see happening in like the second round? I mean, if if they trade back, do you think that they're going to look for a, a second round pick this year? If so, like we talked with Joe a little bit about it, do they trade up to get one of these wide receivers? Do they stand pat in the you know, 30s or mid 30s? Uh, do they take 57 and try to do something with it? Or if they don't get a, a second round pick, like what do you think happens at mid second round or that, that 57 pick? Hmm. I think it's 57. I, I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, the Ravens pick. Honestly, I think they'll probably stay put with that. Um, mm-hmm. Trading up back into the first is interesting. I just don't I know don't if Ryan Poles will see it that way. And I think the Bears are far enough away where they need every pick they can get. So I think they're yeah. going to be extra cautious to not trade back up and just kind of – I think they're literally just going to take the best player available. So I don't – I think they're probably going to hope one of those wide receiver falls to them if they acquire an early second. But, yeah, I can see them just taking the best player available and, and rolling with it. Arlington Heights, guys, finalize the, uh, finalize the property. We pumped. We're going to get into a dome so Justin Fields can be fast. He's fine. Yes. No. Can you think about it? I mean, let's just put this. He said, oh, I feel slow in the cold. If what we have seen in 2022 is slow Justin Fields, then please, by the for, for whatever it takes, McCaskies, Build me a damn dome in Arlington Heights in the next three months. Yes, three months. I know that's logistically impossible, but you can do it. I was going to say, by the time this dome is built, Fields is going to be in his 30s exactly. and, 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 and a pocket passer. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, oh, I like a dome, but we're not going to break down to like 2027, 2028. Dude, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be like somewhat hilarious? If, uh, you know, Lori Lightfoot just bitches about the stadium for the next few years and the Bears help somehow win a Super Bowl like the year before Arlington Heights opens, <laughs> when there's still the Chicago Bears at, at Soldier, Soldier Field, that would what be hilarious. Would be, what would be great is if Lori Lightfoot, like, if they, like, made some legislation and got the Parks Authority to slap a big old roof on, on Soldier Field before they can break ground on, and be like, see, y'all, y'all don't need to leave, y'all don't need to leave, we got a roof on it. It'd be funny if they just put, like, tarps up there, just, like, stretch yeah, like them out. The old, like, like the old Viking Stadium. Or, like, a porta-cachet. Yeah, like the old Viking Stadium. That's hilarious. Just Dude, it, was like a, it was like a giant quilt. It, it, like, it was like the Michelin man, like just yeah. like stuck his belly what out a, up what there. A, what a hard, <laughs> the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah. What a horrible yeah. idea. Terrible. Well, I got nothing else. I mean, we got the, the combine coming up, the tag tagline coming up. So we'll have a, a busy next few weeks. But as for today, I got nothing. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's a, the offseason starting to pick up. Super Bowl's finally. Passed. Oh, hold on. We, we weren't part of it. One thing we didn't touch at all. It was the Hall of Fame weekend as well. And our man Devin Hester got passed over. And um, I, I, a part of me is like, you step back and you're like, eh, kick, kick returners, blah, blah, blah. But dude, he was amazing. The best. I mean, the best. He, he, he changed the special teams game. Uh, so I'm, I'm bummed out for our guy, Devin Hester. And hopefully hopefully next year he, he gets whatever the percentage points are to, to get into the class. Next year's a weaker class, for sure. I, I agree. There's, there's, there's no reason he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, especially considering what he did even when teams started to try to keep it away. The be- the absolute best moment in his mm-hmm. career is for two weeks they talked about the Colts not kicking to him. Don't, they're not, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And the man opens up the biggest game of his life with a kick return for a touchdown. I mean, did, man. Did you, did you hear Dungy's side of that? 
No. Dungeon he, told a story about yeah, he he said, Yeah, we weren't gonna kick them all week. And then like after they got their done their team prayer or something, like he was like light bulb went off in his head. He's like, We're kicking this guy, we're not scared of anybody, like he's not gonna return it on us, and then boom, he just fucking scored immediately. <laughs> Man. Yeah, it was something they like after the team prayer, he just he was like, They obviously were sp- not they were not paying attention during the team's prayer because the Holy Spirit is not kicking to Devin Hester, okay? The Holy Spirit filled them with courage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if we, more more like the Holy Ghost scared them. Oh who, who are the Bears missing in that game? They were missing, uh, wasn't Tommy Harris not playing? Mike, Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Wasn't Tommy Harris out for that too? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, Bears was... couldn't stop the run for... Uh, anyway, I, I got so many fun Devin Hester moments like... Like, I used to work this night job, and uh, so I was coming, I was leaving this night job. It was a Monday night, and uh, I get in the car, and I turn on the radio, and uh, they're like, so Devin Hester just took his second kick return back against the Vikings, <laughs> and I'm like, damn it, let's go. I need to get home and see this shit, but. Uh, my favorite will always be the Cardinals game, and uh, you know we 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 knew who they thought they were, and we let them off the hook. You know, De- Dennis Green, God rest his soul, but um, man, Devin Hester absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, if you're the best at what you do, you you got to make it. Doesn't matter. I mean, and especially with the way special teams is now, like his records will never be touched. No. So. Glad we touched on that. It, it, anything else uh, the last week and a half? I think that might be it. Mm-hmm. Krugman, father? Any, any, any fun bear stories from the 1940s you want to tell us? Cocaine bear? Were you the, riding the, the bear at the oh, The championship man. seasons? The NFL champion? How was the NFL championships? Well, there were eight teams, and, uh, you know, we just kicked the crap out of the other seven. All the time. It was great. Uh, Staley, you know, when we were the, the, the Decatur Staley's and hanging out by Lake Decatur, it was, uh, it was a wonderful time. And, uh, I can't wait to take it back to those days with, uh, Papa Hallis and, uh, no, no, not at all. Um, I was, I was not there, sir. All right. We're going to, we're going yeah, to figure out a way to get the St. Elmo's Steakhouse with our binoculars for the combine. Oh man! We're gonna sneak in there with fake mustaches and talk to Jim Irsay. What do we need mustaches? So they don't know who we are. We're incognito. Yeah, exactly. But like, okay, because we're the most just, famous just, Bears podcast want, in the world. I just wanted to know where that was going. Like, <laughs> because we're the number one Bears podcast in the world, <laughs> Chris, and everybody knows us. We can't negotiate with him. It's not like we can trade the number one pick. What we're gonna do is we're gonna blackmail him. <laughs> we're, gonna blackmail, we're gonna blackmail him into going to rehab if, if, if he doesn't train oh for the number god. one pick. <laughs> oh my god. Jim, 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 oh. come here, come here, come here. You we, we we've got the goods on you. You're gonna have to go to rehab for two for a year. You have to stay there for a year, pat itself, unless you trade up for the number one overall pick. Come on, Jim, come on. Do it. <laughs> I love oh it. Oh my god. All right, Joe, sing the song. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make Amy play through the waste to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you throw the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And don't forget why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.